Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Fumble Rooski, a football podcast. He's B. Reed. I'm KP. Reed, how you doing, man? Struggling, man. This loss of sports is starting to get to me. It's getting to everybody, bro. If it wasn't for WrestleMania 36, man, I'd be in a bad way right now, man. Especially since we had a couple of weeks ago a big free agent frenzy, man. A lot of names on the move. But, you know, it's calmed down a little bit in recent weeks, man. Especially... Now that, you know, we got the draft towards the end of the month, so plans are being made for that. Uh, you know, we still have the Cam Newton situation to talk about. And we're also going to go into our top 25 from last season. So this should be interesting, man. It should be a really good show tonight. I agree, man. I'm excited to see what your list, see who your top 25 is. I expect to see a lot of overrated Dallas Cowboys on oh, there. Oh, man. Only three. Only three. <laughs> not, not a lot. But, you know, I mean, I went... And, you know, I was fair across the board, man. Uh, none of them are in my top 10, but, you know, I, we looked at statistics and all of that. So uh, I think it'll be pretty fair, man. But let's start it off, man, talking about this Cam situation, man. Yeah. So um, if you hadn't, if you didn't listen to our last show, which is available in the archives, Cam Newton was one of the biggest casualties during free agencies uh, after about. Seven or eight years, man, him and the Carolina Panthers parted ways. They signed Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, Cam Newton's probably one of the most valuable free agents out there, man. A lot of rumors have been saying that, you know, Cam may end up in San Diego. We don't know. I mean, uh, Vance Joseph, the coach out there. Or no, wait, that's Anthony Lynn. Yeah. That's my mistake. Anthony Lynn says they're sticking with Terod Taylor. But I don't know, man. I mean, with Cam out there, you know, what do you do? Yeah, man, I... I don't know, man. Cam's in a sticky situation because he's a star and he's up for contract in a market where players like Kirk Cousins is getting $30 million. He's obviously better than Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. But he's also in a situation where he's kind of a, a lot of drama comes to Cam Newton. Even if it's not on the outside of him getting in trouble, he's kind of a deeper man. I think that's kind of what happened to him in Carolina where your passing doesn't give you the... <laughs> the his ability to pass the ball, I don't think, puts him in a category where he can demand and be a diva. So, my situation, my thoughts on Cam Newton, uh, I got to see him a little bit in college uh, back when he was in Auburn. You know, Cam Newton, to me, in my humble opinion, is one of those guys that you can build a team around. Uh, in Carolina, so I think what happened with him, you know, the injury started to pile up, and then also, you know, Cam Newton was getting paid, and the, the deal that he had wasn't very team-friendly, and so once you get essentially a new owner and a new mm -hmm. coach. David Tepper comes in, buys the team from, uh, I believe Jerry Richardson was the former owner. He kind of got caught up in some of the uh, Sterling-esque allegations where, you know, he sold the team basically. Yeah. Then, you know, Ron Rivera leaves, goes to Washington. Matt Rule, the former Baylor head coach, comes in. And so there were rumblings in the beginning that he wanted to stay, stick with Cam Newton. But then again, you know, they go out and sign Teddy Bridgewater and then Cam gets released. So over the years, I know that Cam changed up his diet, his workout reg regiment. So he wasn't as big and as powerful as he was. You know, he slimmed down, which made him a little bit more susceptible. The foot injury, the shoulder injury. I mean, there's just a lot to deal with from an injury perspective there. Yeah, but it's also the way they were using him. So that's the sucky part about being a quarterback. 
they can allow they allow you to use your feet, you know, die for those tough yard tough yards, but they don't realize it also bangs up your body. Unfortunately, another thing working against Cam Newton, probably the same thing working against Clowney, is because of the virus, you can't go in and visit teams to show that you're healthy. So do we really know how healthy Cam Newton is? Do these other teams really know how healthy Cam Newton is? I mean, if I'm a team owner, I'm thinking, man, Carolina released him. They, nobody would trade for him. Is that shoulder healed? Did they see some other problems in that shoulder? Why would you let Cam Newton go? I think you're going to have to wait until this opens back up and people can actually test his shoulder, his foot, to see how healthy he is. And then, you know, on top of that, Cam Newton's 30 years old, man. 30 years old, 31 years old. Father time's undefeated. So are you getting, you know, the Cam Newton from 2015 that was a league MVP that took the Carolina Panthers all the way to the Super Bowl? You know, is that the Cam Newton you're getting? But then again, though, uh, you know, 30 is quarterback. You know, you say other positions. You're talking about running back? Yeah. 30 at quarterback should be where that quarterback starts to mature. So it's actually young in quarterback years, in my opinion. But with, with Cam, I just worry about the injury history there, man, because it's just – and Cam, man, really – and I, I like Cam Newton a lot, but Cam Newton used to didn't get a lot of the calls that Aaron Rodgers got, that Tom Brady cut, and his body is just beat up, and that's the thing that worries me. Now, I follow Cam Newton on Instagram. I mean, you see him in the workout videos, man. I see a guy that's driven – I see a guy that's more or less on a revenge tour, man. It's just who's going to pick up the phone and call him. Now, career, when you're comparing him, I think in in our minds, we think that San Diego will probably be, or not San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers would be the most logical destination for Cam Newton. And I well, mean, not me. I think it's the Dolphins. I, I wouldn't mind going him going to Miami. I think he could fit in that system. But I think San Diego, or, damn it. The Los Angeles Chargers, they need to just move back to San Diego, man. Uh, L.A. is a Raider town, really, but, you know, the Rams are there, but they just need to move back to San Diego. The Chargers, I believe, have the best situation for him to win. Now, I think they have a lot of weapons around them on both sides of the ball, and I think with someone like Cam Newton and Cam Newton's ability and talent, they could be definitely a playoff team. You know, I would a lot of people would even say could be a Super Bowl contender. Now, Terod Taylor. You still think that losing Melvin Gordon? I mean, they lost Melvin Gordon. They got a um, beat up receiver on the um, on the other side of Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen can't stay healthy. He's hurt every other year. Well, they lost Antonio Gates, but Austin Eckler wasn't too bad. Yeah, but that's the problem. No, Hunter Henry, he's the real um, star over the tight end, which that would benefit Cam. But he is injury prone. Yeah, all of my injury prone. And the uh, only one that you can say isn't is Austin Eckler. But the thing about Cam is Cam doesn't like the check down. He got the best check down running back in the league, and he looks him off. He wants yep. to hold the ball and make the play himself, and that's one of the problems. I think – I actually think, among other things, one of the things that happened is that there's some type of rift between um, Christian McCaffrey and Cam because when Cam came – when Cam early in the season, Cam was complaining about the play calling of them trying to get it to, um, to Christian McCaffrey saying that the coach, the coach was saying something like uh, Chris. No, he was saying something like the coach must have him on his fantasy team and stuff like that. Like he was hesitant to really let Christian McCaffrey carry the load. Then he got hurt. And when he came back after um, McCaffrey had done all done all that crazy stuff, his first game back, he didn't throw it to McCaffrey like once in the flats. So there's some type of rift there. If you're not going to throw it to your flats in San Antonio, I mean, I'm about, I said San Antonio, <laughs> <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers, that's not going to be the place for you because that whole 
offense is based on Phil Rivers checking it down, checking it down, then going deep. If you're not going to check it down, then you don't have those receivers out there. Now, comparing Cam Newton to Terod Taylor, I call him Terod because, you know, he checked everybody on hard knocks a couple of years ago. It's not Tyrod, but it's Terod. Terod. So they're, they're actually the same to have age. a terrible season. <laughs> right. They're actually the same age. They actually came out of high school at the same time. I think at that time, Terod Taylor was the number one QB in the country yeah, over Cam nice. Newton. Yeah. So so if you look at these two career-wise, Cam Newton's passed for 29,041 yards for 182 touchdowns, 108 picks with a total QBR of 86.1. And he's thrown over 3,000 yards every year except the 2019 season, which he spent a lot of that uh, injured. Terod Taylor's only passed for 9,562 yards, 54 TDs, 20 interceptions with an 89.8 total QBR. Now, Anthony Lynn, who hasn't really, you know, commented a lot, says that, hey, Terod Taylor is the quarterback of this team. He is QB1. Do you think, in your opinion, that Terod Taylor, that this is his team or that, you know, they will consider bringing Cam Newton in? possibly challenging for the starting job. What do you think about that after we've kind of just gone over career versus career? See, I don't, I mean, even if you're trying to go after Cam, or even if you don't believe in Tyrod or however you want to say his name pronounced, you still have to say that because as of right now, that's your starting quarterback. The management has to say that until they know def- differently because negotiations with Cam can always go wrong. And you don't want to be like, ah, he might be our starting quarterback. So, I mean, I can understand it. It's going to be a negotiating pool. I don't believe they're comfortable with Tyrod Taylor, if that's what you're asking me. I don't think anybody is comfortable with, with Tyrod. I mean, I mean he's been a did. journeyman, man. He's yeah. been a journeyman. You have, to, you have to really double down on him using his legs. because I mean, if you're going to do that and really design the offense for him to use his legs, I'll still take Cam Newton over yeah it's just really the price point no matter what you're doing throwing running making plays whatever you want i take cam newton over tyrod every day of the week if he's healthy he's gonna make plays he just wants to be the sole playmaker that's the thing i honestly think man i think cam newton still has a lot left in the tank i mean watching him work out on instagram he seems like he's in a healthier place he seems like he is doing better and I just think, you know, given a chance, I really think, honestly, I'd say if I'm Bill Belichick, I go for the wild card, man, and try to get Cam to come to New England. I know that there hasn't really been a lot of talk about it, but who in New England is a star outside of Cam Newton if he goes there? Not too that's, many that's, people. That's true, but does Cam Newton follow directions like Bill exactly. Belichick wants you to do? And another thing is price point, man. I think uh, there's a lot of teams that would wouldn't mind having Cam Newton in, but you Cam Newton, I mean, right, rightly so, feels like he's in his prime. He's not taking any contract, so you're gonna have to really be willing to commit some money to him. He's not taking no one year five million dollar contract, nothing like that. You have to pay him thirty to thirty five million dollars. I'm thinking. And I mean, on top of that, he's a former MVP, and he's really yeah. not far off from MVP form last year was a down year for him, but every other year, you know, he's thrown at least 3000 yards. I mean, he's the sole reason that the Panthers go to that Super Bowl in 2015. And honestly, they were trash before they got him. Yeah. But I mean, whatever, whatever any team is going to do, I mean, it makes sense that you have to wait for a player like Cam Newton. You got to wait until after the draft. I mean, you got to see what, what quarterback falls to which team. I mean, teams don't want to commit to a Cam Newton and get a Dak. 
Dak situation or a Russell um, Russell Wilson situation where you go sign a Cam Newton, then you draft somebody that beats him out in camp. So you got to kind of see how the draft falls, take your risk, and see who's willing to pay him money. At the end of the day, I think the only option is going to be um, Miami or the Chargers, like you said. And I think a lot of it's going to depend on what Miami does in the draft. But from what I've heard, Miami isn't looking to draft a quarterback like two and rebuild. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Outside of Cam, you know, still being out there, another hot free agent that's still available is Javion Clowney. So Javion Clowney kind of played himself into a situation, man. You know, he said that he really wasn't going to take anything less than $20 million. He recently dropped that price to about $17, 18000000 but he's still out there. You know, Seattle has expressed interest in bringing him back. But, uh, you know, it, it really seems like that will probably be the best place for him because a lot of people are knocking at his door. Yeah, same thing like I said with Cam. Do you know what his medicals look like? Do you know how healthy he is? One thing about Clowney is he's been productive when he's healthy. You know what I mean? But he's one of those guys that probably just got healthy to get his contract. Whenever that happens, I mean, teams are reluctant to pay these guys. And I think that's one of the things that Clowney's going through right now. They're reluctant to pay him because you don't know if he's going to stay healthy. So I know that Jadavion Clowney's health has been a question in the past, but ever since he got traded from Houston at the very beginning of the 2019 season, I mean, he he's done pretty well. He fit pretty well like a glove within that Seattle Seahawks defense. You know, there were a couple of rumors that my Dallas Cowboys were looking at him, but I just think the price tag is too high. I, I agree, man. I mean, the way that edge rushers are coming out the draft now, um, especially at the linebacker position. Yeah, Clowney's a game changer when he's healthy. But as I said, do you trust paying somebody like Clowney $20 million? I mean, that's a lot. That's back, well, that's, uh, what, uh, mid-level quarterback money? <laughs> five minutes out, five million out from having a decent quarterback. That's a lot of money to commit. And now Seattle understands and that they're giving Russell Wilson their contract. They can't just be paying people these contracts if you want to keep weapons. Yeah, around. I agree, man. And uh, I just think that, so... I guess what I'm going to do is answer a question with a question. Where do you feel would be best fit for Jadavion Clowney moving forward? Do you think he goes back to the AFC? Do you think there's another NFC squad that could use him? What team do you think that could use Jadavion Clowney's services? Uh, any team that needs help in the secondary. But I like him in those 3-4 uh, defenses. Um, I mean, he was a perfect fit in Houston, but obviously they're not paying anybody. <laughs> they let go of Hawking because he wanted another contract, so they're not paying anybody. Um, but I also like them in Seattle. I just think if Seattle can get up around 15 instead of 20, that would be a good move. And I think, uh, I think he stays in Seattle, man. I ultimately think he'll probably remain there, man. He'll probably just bring the asking price down because he walked into a great situation. I mean, Seattle is one of those teams. They're always a championship contender. I mean, they'll be a contender in the yeah. West for as long as it goes because I don't think the 49ers will really get back to that part point again where they're going to be in contention like that. But you also got to realize that uh, Seattle gave up assets for you. So if Seattle is only willing to go 14, 15 million, that's probably your market. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're not going to overpay, and there hasn't been a lot of other teams that's showing interest in giving you that much money. So I don't know, maybe he finishes in the 16 to 18 mark. But I, I ultimately believe that he'll end up either with Seattle or randomly with the Jets because Adam Gase is trash. Man, anything can happen in NFL free agency <laughs> as we've seen already this year. So with the draft coming up in here in a few weeks, so we're right in that first week of April. So with the draft coming up soon, man, 
uh, one of the, I guess you could say, heavily viewed prospects coming into this whole thing is former University of Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, man. He had the hip injury last November, which a lot of people were kind of looking at Nick Saban sideways because he almost messed up the bag for Tua, if you will, man. You know, yeah. Tua came back, you know, for his junior year, man, said he was going to do it, you know, try to get that championship loss off his back, man. And he ends up going down mid-November against a garbage team, might I add. But, uh, you know, it looks like he's on pet on, on uh, excuse me. He's on track to be a first-round draft pick for sure. We don't know really where, but it looks like that hip injury is almost 100%, man. So from what you've seen so far, how do you think Tua Tagovailoa has progressed with his rehab and some of the recent workouts that you've seen? I mean, I think the biggest question is, do you know that he's 100%? I mean, what can he do to show you that he's 100%? I mean, the last report that I read is that combine um, – I guess combine workers went out there and tested them out, but that's just that's just testing like a doctor's office, some limited stuff. You you hadn't seen them really in a full workout on a field, and that's going to be one of the biggest question marks when you're going to draft tour. Do you trust what just happened by the machines? You know what I mean? Machines can't always tell you how somebody's body feels, and if you're just trusting what you see on the machines or the limited workouts that he's had, then maybe I just don't see. I don't. I just don't see how you gamble with one of those first picks because you know how people value lottery picks in the NFL. Are you gonna gamble with that pick for Tua and his hip may not even be fully healthy? Even before then, I had questions. That's even before the hip. He always has some type of injury. So according to McShay and Schefter, and I think uh, at a, and I think uh, Jamel Kuyper also said the same thing. Tua stock. It's starting to slide a bit because a lot of teams are favoring Justin Herbert now to to really come into the first round. Uh, a lot of folks are still high on Joe Burrow, but you see preseason they uh, they thought that uh, he, Herbert was going to be the he may be. Hit. I mean, we never know. I mean, it could it could happen. You know, it really depends on you know what the Cincinnati Bengals want to do with it. Uh, I know that a lot of people were saying that Joe Burrow might pull a Eli Manning. Uh, even Tua's people have kind of gotten a little bit of flack because, you know, he said, like, places like Detroit, he won't go there. You know, he won't play there. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I can't buddy. blame him for that either, man. I mean, look how that's working for Matthew Stafford. He's getting paid, but they ain't getting no dubs. You get paid, though. He got paid. Oh, he'll get paid. He'll get paid. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, where do you think, do you think his stock will fall all the way? I, I mean, I pretty much see him being the third quarterback taken because outside of Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, I mean, you got Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, who who else? Who else we got? I mean, but that's not the biggest issue. I think the biggest issue is there. Like, the injury. Have, yeah, well, not the injury. Not the injury. Yeah, of course the injury. But also the amount of teams that, that are really up there that, like, would gamble a first-round pick on a quarterback. You know what I mean? So is there a so, lot? There's not a lot of teams up there that I could see that would risk because you'll be better off just being bad next year and going into that class to get a quarterback. That as class po- is nice. Yeah, as opposed to gambling this year and wasting a first-round pick on a quarterback when you can get other talent. I mean, who are the teams that need a quarterback? with? The Bengals, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Colts, yeah. the so, Patriots. So, I mean... It depends on how the Colts feel about Jacoby, though, because if they believe in Jacoby, that means the draft pick has to be better than Jacoby. Honestly, I would just see – I could see Jacoby going back to New England f- because of the familiarity with that system. Or, you know, I mean, Alabama is a tightly run ship just like New England. 
you know, you got the Saban way, you got the Patriot way. I mean, would Bill Belichick shake it up? Maybe get Tua with one of those late round spots? I mean, I don't know. It's a possibility. I just don't believe that the Patriots would get him in the first. See, then if he could drop to like the third round, then he's ultimate value for any team. Now he's a Russell Wilson type situation. But now these quarterbacks are getting in because a player like Tua would have never been on the radar if Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray didn't start to work out. You know what I mean? And I agree that Tua has like elite throwing ability, but he's small. You know what I mean? He's not like Kyler Murray was stout. And he played baseball, and he could he knew how to slide. He didn't take a lot of big hits. He didn't stay injured. Um, Baker Mayfield knew how to get rid of the ball, but you saw him have some trouble with that. Small quarterbacks that really stand in the pocket, like Tua wants to stand in the pocket, that gives me trouble, man. I mean, we don't know. Uh, I think he's definitely a first-round talent, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of the draft, man, a lot of, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, large gatherings are discouraged. Uh, you can't really be in within 10 feet of anybody else. So the NFL are thinking, you know, they've got a contingency plan in place. So this year, they're thinking about doing it, still holding the actual draft in Las Vegas, but more or less doing it virtual. So what are your thoughts on this new approach by the NFL having the 2020 draft virtually versus, you know, just having a small contingent of maybe some of the top teams or the, some of the top names, prospects there in Las Vegas. Bro, I've always thought the draft should be done virtually. <laughs> it just feels like something that can be done because, like, the last half of the draft goes so much faster than the first half with them just pick, picking. I know why they do it. You want to celebrate the kids that are being taken in the first round. You want to shake the hand and get a whole tradition. Man, truthfully, you don't need to have that. That's all for theatrics. This draft can always be done virtually. It's like one of the easiest things. So, in my opinion, man, I do like how they switched it up, where they'll have the first round on Thursday, and then the second and third round on Friday, and then everything else on Saturday. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's the only part that should be televised, the first round, man. I mean, if you don't go in the first round, tough. It's not the end-all, be-all of one's I, I, career not getting drafted in the first round. I think the NFL, you should go one through three. One through three are big rounds. You get a lot of starters in the first through third round in the Right. After, Those are the big signing bonus folks. Yeah, after round uh, three. So I'm good with the first round, the second, and third round. But you're right. The other one can be done on, on an app, on a draft ticker. Just Honestly, <laughs> just have the ticker at the bottom of the screen, man. Show us something else. Like, show us baseball, basketball, whatever. But just have it, like, going by, man. And then, you know, you just – because, I mean, half of it leaks on Twitter anyway. So, Bro, I, I just think – I think I prefer it on an app where I just get a notification when it's picked. You know what I mean? I don't need oh, a well, pre-show you know, or nothing. Hey, well, you know, Bleacher Report, NFL.com. <laughs> they all do that, man. But, honestly, I mean, this year's draft, I wouldn't really too hype anyway. Nah. The only thing I care about is to see what my team does in the draft. And, you know, they kind of disappoint me in the draft every year anyway. So, I mean, it's just really, you know, we see the pomp and circumstance around it. But honestly, I, I don't think it matters at this point. Do it virtually. I mean, if I was a player of that magnitude, I want to be at my parents' crib chilling anyway when yeah. I get drafted amongst my family and friends. So, it's more you know, it is what it is. It's, it's more just tradition. a spectacle. Yeah, it's more yep. tradition. But you're starting to see more and more players opt to stay at home anyways. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I want to be around my family all watching it. We have a party. You know, we see it announced. I'd rather have that. But that's me. I'm introvert than being on stage and shaking the commissioner's hand. Right. And a bunch of fake people. Like, like, be around your family. You can do whatever. You have a big party. I think that 
They might go virtual and never go back, man. Bro, especially if I know I'm a surefire first-round talent. I'm at the crib chilling. I'm having people over. You know, I'm going to be wearing T-shirt, jeans, regular clothes, you know, just relaxing. Like, I mean, I'm extroverted, but still, man, going all that way, spending a lot of money on a suit you'll probably never wear again. I'd just rather be at the house, chilling amongst family, amongst friends, everybody, man, that's close to me to help me in the journey. But, you yeah. know, I'm not. I'm just a guy in Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> doing a podcast with the Okie from Muskogee. So what do hey, I know? You know what hey, I'm don't saying? De- don't devalue yourself. I'm waiting to get drafted, too, somewhere. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, the only draft, we, we ain't even eligible for the military draft no more, bro. <laughs> <laughs> too old. I'm beat up. I, would, I wouldn't pass the physical. Nah, I know I wouldn't, boy, man. These knees and this ankle and this back, man. Hey, kids, when you hit your mid-30s, man, you can still live your best life, but it comes at a cost. Yeah, it does. But yeah, man, to your point, I mean, I think the whole thing should be done virtually, man. I mean, it's just we're getting to a time where, you know, people just don't really probably sit down and watch it anymore outside of the first round. I mean, it's cool to see the NFL Network and ESPN coverage, and, you know, you just want to follow all the players that were popular in college to get their just due. But honestly, man, I think it should just be virtual every year. I mean, that's really outside of the NBA draft, man. The NFL draft is the only one I watch the ML. I don't even know when some of these other leagues even have drafts, like baseball, hockey, soccer, like nobody cares about that. Like, yo, just the thing is though, that even if you have a draft and it's virtual and ain't nobody there, like people are still going to watch it on TV. You still, there's nothing else to watch right now. Aren't going to change. So I don't know, man, that's, I think I think it'll be done virtually from here on out, personally. So yeah, I mean I think it just should be. You know, it is what it is. But now here's the interesting part of the show, man. We we were texting this weekend, you know, amongst other things, you know, just texting, and we wanted to come up with the fumble ruski with our top twenty five list of players from twenty nineteen, man. So we really just gave this some thought. The top twenty five players of the 2019 season. I think I might have a couple of surprises here, man. I kind of tried to be outside the box and look purely at stats and overall merit to how these players affected their respective teams. So I already know, man, I'm going to get some heat on the, on the page, which is www.twosmartnetwork.com by the way. But I already know I'm going to get some heat. I know I'm going to get some heat from your co-host of the Two Smart Dummies, Marcus. I already know it. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Sweet Lou will have something to say, too. Everybody but this is got my list. Hey, I'm like Marlo Stanfield, man. My list is my list. My list is my, my list. My name is my name. I don't care. Yeah, man. I, I took, you know, you, you got to do a full, you know, plethora of research. So, you know, I took something into account of just how I feel watching players play. You know, I looked on profootball.com, uh, you know, see some rankings, see some grades on there, uh, especially for some positions that, you know, I might not know all that much about. But what I wanted to do is I didn't want to make this an all-offensive list. So I, I took out 12 spots and said these 12 spots cannot be skill positions. They, they're going to be, you know, O-linemen, defenders, you know, to make sure I get the defense and the offensive line and the defensive line their due respect. So at least – Almost half my list, you got defenders, D-linemen, cornerbacks, safety, something like that, and then the rest, you know, offensive player. Everyone else to go in offense, you know. I got a little mixture, man, but mine might lean to being offensive heavy, but I got some defenders in there too, man. So go ahead and start us off, man. Just go ahead, kick us off right now. So I tell you, man, I had this big battle within myself (laughs) because I had two players on the same team. They both can't go, but I didn't know which one I wanted to put them on. No, it's from the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
It was out of Minka Fitzpatrick and Cameron Hayward. And just mm. for the simple fact that Minka had those two games in Miami, I'm going to give it to Cameron Hayward, man. Cameron Hayward, you know, they went 8-8 eight and eight on the season, but I don't think you can blame any of that on the defense. That defense oh, is that defense is nasty. Literally they had nothing at the quarterback position, and that defense helped them be at eight and eighteen. Cameron Hayward had a, a pass rushing grade of eighty four, an overall grade of ninety one point five. He was the second best among interior defenders in twenty nineteen. He had an awesome um, season for a defensive tackle. And I'm telling you, man, when Ben comes back with that offense that they already had with James Con uh, with James Connor. Um, you had uh, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Man, yeah. that offense, if that offense can provide anything for that defense, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to have a tough matchup on their hand every year. Yeah, man, I mean, to your point, you know, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't go down and then you have to look at two scrubs to replace him, I think they would have been a playoff team and definite contenders. So. I mean, 8-8 eight and eight with that, they didn't have anything at quarterback. Nothing. <laughs> they, were, they were running the Wildcats Nothing. at some point. <laughs> All right, so my number 25 will probably come as a surprise because this man was on a team that had quite the fall from grace mm. from a year before, man. My number 25 is Minshew Mania himself, man, Gardner Minshew. Gardner man. Minshew, yeah. Hey, I had to give him to him, man, because when Nick Foles goes down, Minshew Mania took over, man, and it didn't let up. So Gardner Minshew, it, man. It let up a little bit. A, a little bit towards the end, but it was just because the team around him, the coaches in the front office was just such trash. But I thought that he was by far a diamond in a pile of crap. So Gardner Minshew had on the season 3,271 yards, 21 TDs, and six interceptions, man. He was, I don't know if he was, I think he might have been undrafted out of Washington State, but he was actually... Mike Leach's QB at Washington State. He balled out there because Washington State had a good run under him. Yeah. Uh, you know, after he took over for uh, Holinsky that passed away. But uh, Gardner Minshew, man, he balled out, man. You know, he definitely didn't put up a lot of rookie of the year numbers, but I think they would have been a better team, man. He could have been a slight contender for office of rookie of the year, man. He, he was He was awesome. Yeah, he got he got Nick Foles traded. He got a $20 million contract out there. I do think that he struggled a bit down the stretch. It might just be because, you know, he got tired. But, I mean, I don't blame them with going with Gardner Minshew. It looks like he could pick up the system. He's used to throwing it 40 times a game. So, you know he has an arm. But that's that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to follow your lead and go to rookie for number 24. But my rookie was pretty dominant. I'm going to go a little Nick Bosa. You know what oh, I mean? okay. From the San Francisco 49ers. He had the most total pressures ever recorded by a rookie. Now, they've only been recording this since 2006, but he did it by 14 more than anybody else since 2006. So I thought that was super impressive. He had 10 sacks, 18 quarterback hits. I mean, dude was a monster. In the playoffs alone, he had 22 pressures and 12, uh, 12 in the playoffs. So, I mean, this dude was a monster. He was a beast. You're going to see a lot of him. The 49ers, that defense isn't going anywhere. If they can just get a receiver that can consistently catch the ball, not named George Kittle, that team might be back in the Super Bowl next year. All right, so I actually had Nick Bosa at 22. So defensive rookie of the year. So I think we were pretty close on that one. So uh, I had Nick Bosa at 22. Uh, So my number 24 was actually, man, a cat who really improved this year. Took a team that uh, was kind of in the AFC East basement all the way to the playoffs. 
Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen, man. Oh, okay. AFC East, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Josh Allen, uh, he he balled out, man. 3,059 yards, 20 TDs, man. He had uh, five game-winning drives, man, and four comebacks on the season. That Buffalo Bills team really rallied around him, man. He is definitely their quarterback moving forward. I don't think they've had such consistency from a QB since the days of Jim Kelly, man, Doug Flutie, you know, but mainly Jim Kelly. Uh, he's good in the pocket. He can also use his legs. I know they destroyed my Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, man. And so Josh Allen, uh, he's my twenty, my number 24. Yeah, man, I like Josh Allen. I like players like that, man. He got slammed during the draft. Everyone acted like Buffalo was dumb for not taking him over, for taking him over Josh Rosen. And, you know, he was the worst rated of all of them. His accuracy was all over the place. But everyone knew he had a cannon arm. They compared him to Cam Newton. They said he could make a play, and he can. You see, when he uses his legs, he's hard to tackle. He can throw that thing deep. And getting a player like Diggs to go with John Brown, because he might not be accurate in, a, in the interme- in intermediate portion of the field, but that deep ball, man, he has a rocket arm. So I really like that pick, man. All right, so – well, you 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 do yours. You go. You go. Let me go. We switch it up. I, you, I, you I just had to trade. You know what? I was I just had to trade, man. I had to do a trade because my <laughs> original twenty three, I got him ranked way too high. He oh, needs to be man. lower on the list, man. And I just put some disrespect on him. But it's gonna be another quarterback. So I had Deshaun Watson at my twenty three. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll just keep. Well, but you know what? In good conscience, I really gotta flop this. So. I'm going to switch Dak Prescott for Deshaun Watson because I had Dak Prescott a little higher just based on the type of season he had. But pure talent alone, I'm a Cowboys fan through and through. Yo, man, Dak Prescott isn't better than Deshaun Watson. But so number 23, Dak Prescott. 30 touchdowns. You said Dak on the Prescott season. isn't better yeah. than or he is? He is not better than Deshaun Watson. I'm a realist, man. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott's talented, very talented. I mean, he had season a career highs, 4,902 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where I did it at, but I made the exact same swap in the opposite direction. On oh, my, really? On my paper, I had wherever I have Dak at, on my paper, I had Deshaun Watson there. And then the more I thought about it and looked at the stats, I said, you know what? I can't justify him being better last season. I really, I mean, Deshaun, so I Dak took Deshaun Watson out. I, I took I, Watson out and I put Dak where I where, right in that place. You'll see where it's yeah, at. Yeah, man. I I just I don't know, man. I just had a snap in judgment because I'm like, man, if I was really gonna be going at me, man, because they know I'm a Cowboys fan, they'd be like, ah, oh, man, you you disrespected Deshaun Watson, but nah, I like Deshaun, man. I think he's really the the single solitary weapon that makes the Houston Texans go. However, you know, Dak Prescott. I mean, he's you know, I I don't think I think Dak Prescott's a great leader. I think he's definitely a damn good quarterback. I thought he was a damn good quarterback at Mississippi State. I just think, you know, the state of the Cowboys front office really hurts Dak Prescott the most, like he did Tony Romo to a T. Uh, now, I know that he's got a deal on the table. I don't know. I think they just can't agree on the number of years. But I think the Dallas Cowboys regress if they lose Dak Prescott for sure. But he's going to be my new number 20. He's going to be my new number uh, 23. Dak so, Prescott. So, so Dak at 23. Yep. All right. My number 23, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. You know, Minnesota Timber, I mean, Minnesota Vikings finished 10 and 6 this year. 
He was uh, seventh in rushing, seventh in total yards, 303 touches, um, 1,654 yards altogether from scrimmage. Now, he did slow down during the str- down the stretch um, in round one against the Saints. He looked spectacular. And then round two against San Francisco, he looked very mediocre. A lot of that can be put on Kirk Cousins, the way Kirk Cousins can't open, open the offense up, keeps everyone down by the line of scrimmage, in my opinion, and in... Diggs' opinion and a lot of other people's opinion, uh, but Dalvin Cook was a monster, man. That whole offense was based on Dalvin Cook. They rolled him. He had an excellent season, and if it wasn't for the injuries, I think wearing his body down a little bit, uh, he probably would have been better, but I think he did this in 14 games. So, All right, I'm going to seem like a hater, man. I did not have Dalvin Cook on my list, man. Oh, man. I'm tripping. Man, but, you know, no, no disrespect on his name <laughs> for me. No disrespect on his name for me. Uh, where are we at? Twenty two, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You're so 22. I had I had Nick Bosa as my twenty two. So we yeah. already kind of went in on him. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Nick Bosa was at twenty two for me. My number twenty two is actually going to be Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. Dude was balling. Now he was like the number one rusher early in the season. That offense heavily leaned on Aaron Jones. But the one thing, he came in 15th in rushing, 8th in total yards. He was a great receiver, a great bailout for Aaron Rodgers. One of the only weapons uh, with Adams being hurt for a long time during that season. They really leaned on Aaron Jones, not only out the backfield running the ball, but also catching the ball. He almost had 50 receptions, 474 yards, 1,500 total yards from scrimmage, and 19 touchdowns. I mean, the dude was getting the rock in the end zone. So I really like what Aaron Jones, I think he was a big part of that 13-3 and record that Aaron Rodgers has because on that offense, Aaron Rodgers hadn't had a true run game in a while, and their receivers outside of Devontae Adams were trash. I agree, man. Uh, Aaron Jones, another one I didn't have on my list. <laughs> Even though he played, man, he balled out this year. You don't got respect for running backs. I can already see this man, now. I got respect for running backs, man. You just might not agree which running backs I have respect for. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I got a couple of them, man. But uh, Aaron Jones definitely, man, was uh, really good for that Packers team this year. So, I mean, you can't put all the credit on Aaron Rodgers. But uh, he he really got him out of some jams, and he destroyed my Cowboys as well. So maybe I'm just low-key holding the grudge, man. <laughs> you just low-key hating. I, I'm just low-key hating and holding the grudge, man. I ain't, I ain't even going to lie, man. I'm gonna tell, it's Sunday, too, and I'm going to tell the truth, man. I'm trying to get right with my maker. Maybe I'm just low-key hating. I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater. <laughs> maybe so, but you know what? I think I'm going to redeem myself with you for okay. my 21. So my 21, man, you're going to like this one. You're going to love it. I can tell you are. My 21, man, is the former Heisman Trophy winner, mm. number one draft pick overall, okay. Kyler Murray, man. Oh, man, yeah. I like that. I named, I named I like my that. son Kyler. Yeah, I like Not that. after Kyler Murray, but, you know, I like the name. <laughs> Kyler know. Murray, man, offensive NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, 3,022 yards, 20 TDs, 544 rush yards, and four rushing touchdowns, man. Coming into it, man. A lot of people had their doubts about Kyler Murray. Is he big enough? Are his hands big enough? Can he make it in an NFL offense? And I think that answer is a resounding yes, man. He proved everybody wrong. Hooking up with first-year coach Cliff Kingsbury, who I'm still surprised got that job, by the way. But the air raid system works with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray definitely has the tools to make it in this league. 
akin to a Russell Wilson. If you get the right, right weapons around him, you get the offensive line protection around him. You know, they just got Nuck, and it's Nuck Hopkins, Marcus. It's not Nuke, it's Nuck, because I heard the man say Nuck himself. Yeah. Your co-host taking shots at our grammar skills, man. But, you know, Nuck Hopkins is there. You know, Christian Kirk is there. If you get a CD Lamb, you still got, you know, they could, they're talking about getting him in the draft. Talking about, you know, they got Larry Legend there. I think Kyler Murray, man, could be next up. He could be the next on a long list. Of, or he could be the next generational quarterback talent in this league, man. I really nah, do. I, nah, so. I agree. You know, I'm an OU fan from Oklahoma, so, you know, I'm a big <laughs> Kyler Murray fan. I believe I knew you like Murray. it. Man, I was mad when Kyler Murray switched his commitment and went to Texas A&M just because his daddy went there. I was watching that. I was watching that game in that uh, All American game, hopefully with OU. But man, yeah, you we, know what? It's it's a trip because first time I saw him was a uh, opening weekend, twenty fifteen. I remember getting off work and A and M had the evening game. I'm like, this little Kyler Murray cat, he hard, man. He, he go the, hard. So you know the quarterback uh, that he was fighting with? What Kenny Hill? Uh, no, no, nah, Kenny Hill left and transferred to Yeah, Tennessee. he did leave there. No, it's Baker Mayfield. No. Who the no quarterback way. he was fighting with at uh at uh Texas AM? Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> From Arizona. He took a job. Yeah. yeah. They were going the back heck? and forth. Kyle Allen and um Kyler Murray got mad and transferred. Kyle and Allen went to Houston. And that's the thing, man. I'm like, what the hell was Mike Sumlin doing down there, yeah, man? He's he getting all he these quarterbacks and he lost shit. Kenny Hill. Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. All in like two years. <laughs> Damn, man. I don't know, man. Maybe Johnny Football was on to something. But, yeah, man, my number 21, Kyler Murray, definitely. Yeah, I struggled. I wanted to put Kyler Murray on the list, but I didn't want to go too heavy on quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, I do respect what Kyler Murray did. I mean, everyone expected them to be a two-win team, but he did a lot with just Larry Fitzgerald on that offense. And then now getting Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins – I mean, this offense is going to be ready to roll. They better get C.D. Lamb because they ain't, they ain't playing no defense out there. <laughs> nah, not at all. I mean, they got Chandler Jones, though, yeah, man. So, good. you know, that's to come up. I don't know about that. I don't know if they playing defense out there. But they, that was your number 21? Yep, that was my number 21. All right, I'll repay the favor. I got a 21 that you'll like. Probably too low on my list for you, though. Got young Ezekiel Elliott at 8-8. Eight eight. You know what? Zeke was my number 16. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I think he definitely had a falling off with yeah. the Cabo and all that. So, I'll let you go into it, though. It's funny because I felt like that, too. But I just be sitting here looking at his stats and we saying Zeke fell off. And he had 50. I mean, yeah, he was fifth in rushing, second in total yards, 1,700-yard season, 14 touchdowns, 54 receptions, 71 targets. And we're, we look at him as having an all-season. That's how good Zeke is. The only reason I really have Zeke so far down my list, and it might not even be his fault, uh, because even though he put up those numbers, it didn't feel like you saw the same Zeke. The first half of the season on lower competition, he kind of beat up on them. In the games, they really needed him in the second half. It seems like Zeke Dick disappeared in a lot of those games where Dallas really needed him. So that's why I have him at number 21. Even though the stats are there, I didn't feel like the production was there when Dallas needed it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I still think he had a little bit of a the hangover from Cabo, man. I really think you get him in for a full camp. He gets in a good football shape, man. He'll definitely blow that out of the water this year. Uh, so my number 20, we already went over that. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. We kind of talked about that a little earlier, so I can just let you jump into your number 20. Well, I'm going to finish off uh, most of my running backs here at number 20, man. I got young Nick Chubb. 
I'm not. I, I mean, yeah, the Cleveland Browns sucked this year. They went six and ten, but he carried them through. Up and yeah, they have a bad offensive line. Now that they can block a little bit, but that's a really a bad offensive line. And for Nick Chubb to come in and do what he did, fourteen hundred and ninety-four yards, second in rushing, eight in touchdowns. He had one thousand one hundred and twenty-two yards. After contact, <laughs> you know what I mean. So only three hundred of his yards went without him getting hit. That's how bad that offensive line is, and he still went to fourteen hundred yards. Now he, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I actually had Chubb at my seventeen, so right behind <laughs> Zeke. So yeah, man, I think we got a lot of comment on yeah. this list, man. Mine might be a little bit more quarterback heavy, but uh, yeah, man, he was a bright spot on that Cleveland Browns team, which was just and. An utter cluster, you know what, man. I mean, from top to bottom, it was just terrible. But I think Nick Chubb was a long, bright spot there, man. Like you said, with 1,494 yards and eight TDs on the season, you know, he had definitely a career caliber season for him, man. So one of the long, bright spots there. My 19, man, uh, he was definitely he – was, he was good on a not-so-great team with a not-so-great quarterback. Man, I'm going with Tampa Bay Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin, man. Yeah. 86 receptions, 1,333 yards, and nine touchdowns, man. One of the best young receivers in the league right now. You know, he just got an upgrade at quarterback with Tom Brady, which I think TB12 is going to love playing with Chris Godwin, man. I mean, he's just a speed demon, you know, a true talent, one of the greatest, well, one of the good young players in the league today. I think, man, that he's going to have a good career out there, man, especially with the weapons that are around him, you know, Mike Evans, and then with Tom Brady throwing in the rock now, man. I think he is is perfect at number 19 on this list. Yeah, Godwin's a monster out the slot. Now you got a player like Tom Brady. Uh, I would look at Godwin as more of a Gronkowski weapon, more than like an Edelman weapon, the way he works the middle and works out the slot. Either way it goes, he's going to be fantastic in that system with Tom Brady running it. So, yeah, I like that pick at 19. He had a great season this year, even though I think the last three or four games he was out because of an injury. Those stats could have been a lot better. He did that in like 14 games or 13 games or something like that. Um, Went on the defense for number 19. Um, One of the better safeties this year, even though his Broncos team went 7-9. I went with Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons had uh, four interceptions, 11 – 11 pass breakups and one fumble. It was the most combined forced incompletions by any safety in the league. He was 11 best um, on defensive stops, and that's just safety coming down to the line, you know, stopping those running backs. 93 tackles, 65 solo. I mean, he was great for a Denver team that finished in the top 10. So having Justin Simmons back there with a Von Miller and a Bradley Chubb, the AFC is going to be loaded with defenses soon. So I got Justin, Mil- um, Justin Simmons at number 19, safety for the Denver Broncos. Right. So, number 18, man. Now, looking back on this, probably should have had him a little higher. He he didn't really fall off. It's just that teams fear him so much that they started to double-team him, maybe even triple-team him. I got the monster himself, man, one of the best defensive players <laughs> of this era, Aaron Donald, man. Yeah. yeah. Number 18 had 12.5 sacks on the year, 20 tackles for loss on the Rams team that – Mostly underwhelmed, but I would say that's because of the play of the offensive side of the ball versus the defensive side of the ball. I really think that, you know, Aaron Donald is so feared in this league that teams throw everything at him to try to stop him. And the man still had 12 and a half sacks. 
Yeah, I got Aaron Donald at number 10 on my list. So, <laughs> I feel everything you said because I think throughout with the double teams, I don't think any of their, you know, falling off was Aaron Donald. He was still a monster. He just had one of the greatest seasons by any NFL defender last year. So, this year looks like he fell off. But it still was a great season. So, I agree. I mean, Anybody else, that's a pro bowler. Yeah. Anybody else is a pro bowler, man. But, I mean, 12 and a half sacks, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I mean, that's uh, just insane. Yeah, my number 18, I'm going to go get some offensive line, some credit. Quentin Nelson for the Colts, man. I think he was been big for the Colts. I mean, Colts traditionally have had terrible offensive lines. So, to get a player like Quentin Nelson, he allowed zero sacks and was the second-best run-blocking guard in the NFL. And that Colts T defense, if you're not getting any sassy with Jacoby, because Jacoby has a tendency to hold the ball, and those receivers at time, he was out there with, you know, XFL players <laughs> and wide receivers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so what he did with Jacoby back there and helping open those holes for Marlon Mack and some of those players, I think that Quentin Nelson had an awesome season. For them to be 7-9, because they really did rely on their run game and protection. You said Jacoby was back there with the dudes on Madden that don't even have the pictures up. They nah, just blacked they, out. They got the general faces. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Face creative nine. players. <laughs> nah, man. Quentin, Quentin Nelson is definitely a stud for that uh, Indianapolis Colts offensive line, man. Uh, I did not have him on my list. <laughs> Yeah, man, man, I'm going to get so much hate because the, the, the offensive lineman I had on the list, man, people are going to be thinking, like, you're such a homer, KP. Rah, 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 rah. Uh, we already talked about my 17 and 16. So, I mean, my 17 was Nick Chubb. My 16 was Ezekiel Elliott. I'll let you go ahead and take these next two, and then we can reconvene on 15. All right, yeah, my 17, man, I was, I was kind of – I didn't know if I want to do it, but I kept reading – so, on the one hand, I'm going to give him respect for the season he had. Is Richard Sherman of the 49ers. They had a 13-3 season. Overall, he was one of the best players in coverage. He had averaged a 45.3 passer rating when thrown in his direction. He only surrendered 227 receiving yards. He had three interceptions, 61 tackles. Sounds awesome, right? But then you go back to his defensive line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you know what? That's the thing about Richard Sherman, man. I want to give him his just due. When he said he was the best corner in the league, I'm like, bro, you're a very good zone corner. Like, the last of the man-to-man -man corners, the elite shutdown corners, I think went away when you had uh, my guy uh, Daryl Revis hanging up. I think Revis was the last kind of in that mold of the prime times and, you know, all of those guys, yeah. man. I mean, we got some guys like that today. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, yeah. I think we got some coming back, but I think Sherman is a great zone corner who benefits of having uh, – now, he's he's a great player. He can play man, though. No doubt. He, he can, but I think having other elite players around him just enhances that ability. So, I don't want to seem like I'm hating because – You are hating, though. Um, yeah, yeah, to a point, man. But you know what? I would take Richard Sherman on my team because all yeah. our corners are garbage. So See, that's but, the thing. This is why I want to give Richard Sherman respect because we say that about players, right? But it takes a certain skill set to be skill set to be smart, understand your coverage. Like Darrell Rivas. Like, we all give him credit for being man, but if you ask Rizzy Moss, he was never man on him. He always had somebody over the top, which is quote-unquote zone. If yep. you have somebody shouting over the top, I can play you man tight, but I'm still just playing underneath coverage. At some point in time, I'm letting you go over the top. 
So even a Darrell Revis, a person like Sherman doesn't get caught in that. He knows how to use his body type. His weakness is he's slow. Uh, similar to a Malcolm Jenkins and a Jalen Mills, they're really good at coverage. But Sherman has, slow. But they're just slow. So he has length. So if they're going to go with no safety, he tries to put his hands on you. And if, I mean, he's injury prone a little bit too. Yeah. But I ain't going to let you sit here and hate on my number 17 pick. Uh, Richard Sherman was one of the best cover corners in the league, no matter what you feel about it. I got him at number 17. Number 16 goes back to what I was saying about that Steelers defense, man. That Steelers defense is raw. I got young T.J. Watt. Even, man, hey. <laughs> number 16. And even though the Steelers are 8-8, eight eight, I feel like all eight of those wins – were their defense, and probably two of them would have win if they had anybody competent at quarterback. This defense is loaded. They got Minka back there. You got T.J. Watt on the end. You got Cameron Haywood in the middle. You got Devin Bush. You got, uh, what's Kit? Ah, I just lost his other name. Uh, Bud Dupree? Bud Dupree. Man, that defense is loaded with talent. I didn't even name Joe Hayden to say cornerback. This, te- this defense... Whenever you get back, I mean, yeah, whenever they get back Ben Roethlisberger, this this Pittsburgh team is going to be scary. But, yeah, T.J. Watt had a great year, man. He had eight forced fumbles <laughs> and a 14-and-a-half sacks. To go with two interceptions and eight pass defenses on the defensive line as a rusher. Dude had an incredible season, bro. 81 total pressures. Insane. Insane. So, number 15, man. We're going to skip... Straight to number 15. This one is going to, might, might draw some controversy. I got two players at number 15. <laughs> but you got a tie. You breaking the no, rules, it, bro. It's not a tie. <laughs> man, hey, we make the rules on Fumble man. You can't break your own rules if you make them. I got Drew Brees slash Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, you can't get Teddy Drew Brees. Yeah, kid. yeah, yeah, I can, man. Yeah, I can. Because Teddy held it down while Drew Brees was hurt. True, he did. He had and that's what. one. And that's what got him that contract with the Carolina Panthers now for like 60 mil. Boy, you can't put two players together well, now. I, I, I did. I just did. <laughs> man, hey, on, on on the two smart dummies, you let Marcus get away with stuff all the time, man. I can't get this one pass. Hey, I ain't going Hey, you can get it, but I'm going to call you out about it. Hey, not not that I'm hating on the light-skinned lord of Arizona. You know, uh, shout out to Marcus Thompson, man. Y'all have a lot, y'all have a lot in common. Y'all both haters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> avid, hey. avid haters. Hold on. I'm not a hater, bro. I'm not a hater. <laughs> I have nothing but love in my heart. Yeah, you're a love for people. You're a loving hater. Hey, get out of here, man. See the <laughs> Oklahoma dude. So, hey, man. Hey, you already took the L from Joe Exotic, all right? Like, let's oh, just yeah. chill. Hey, hey, you said it's an L. I was proud. I was like, look at him. <laughs> look, he got a tiger farm on y'all. Well, only in Oklahoma, own, man. He got his own TV show. <laughs> you got Spencer Rattler and Joe Exotic. But I digress. Hey, I digress. let's go, man. So, man, hey, Drew Brees, you know, passed for 2,979 hey. yards, 27 TDs, four picks. Teddy Bridgewater instead had 1,384 yards, nine touchdowns, and two picks. I mean, the Saints, you know, without that early round exit against the Minnesota Vikings, man, you know, a lot of people had them as a lock for the Super Bowl. They were like one of the most complete teams in the league. Uh, I just felt that Teddy Bridgewater deserves some credit, a little just due while Drew Brees was out injured with the six games with the thumb injury. Just because, man, you know, you think you lose a player like Drew Brees. It's all going to go downhill, man. It's all going to turn from sugar to shit real quick. But no, nice. man. Teddy B held it down, man. That's why I said they both are deserving of the number 15 spot. And from my point of view, not I, hating. Yeah, I think you hating. I think Drew Brees didn't even deserve to make the list with Teddy Bridgewater. Both of them combined stats were great. 
I think you're just a hater of running backs, obviously. You don't no, like defenders. No, <laughs> you love defenders. quarterbacks. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, yeah, it's a little offensive. Man, wait till we get to the top 10. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that your your mind will change on my, my ranking skills here. Uh, right. I, and you're on, 15, side, good sir. <laughs> but, but before I go, I want to let you know, Drew Brees at this age and Teddy Bridgewater put together can't hold a candle the Spencer Rattler. Don't ever disrespect me like that to my face again. <laughs> hey, man, like, you everybody know what? else didn't catch you it. Know I what? caught it. Hey, hey. You know what? After I saw QB1, man, Spencer Rattler, a legend in my mind. I don't know yeah. why you got suspended, homie, but I salute you. <laughs> Nonetheless, I salute you, bro. Spencer Rattler. But hey, yeah, he man. said he was a Razorbacks fan back in the day, so, you know, I ain't got nothing but love for Spencer Rattler. I ain't going to hold it against him, man. <laughs> he went to the right team. <laughs> My number 15, I'm going to show my Eagles some love, man. Uh, Brandon Brooks, man. Eagles went 9-7. and seven. They got into the playoffs. Receiving core with debt was decimated, you know what I mean? That <laughs> went through a plethora of injuries. But one guy that was really consistent and hadn't really gotten any love, Eagles showed him love by giving him one of the biggest contracts uh, for an offensive lineman and a guard. So I think he's the highest-paid guard in the NFL now. Um, but he had the best season of his career. He was rated right number one among guards. Um, blocking. He only allowed one sack, 19 pressures. He was the best run blocker in NFL, and that right side for the Eagles was God sent this season. That's a lot of the reason why they made it into the playoffs with injuries to Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and anybody else that could catch a ball at certain times, and they were still able to run the ball with um, a rookie in Miles Sanders, and uh, even Scott, Boston Scott, looked like he was a Pro Bowl running back behind that offensive line, so um, Brandon Brooks, he showed out this season. Um, that right side with Kels, Brandon Brooks, and um, dang, I just forgot his name. Um, Lane, <laughs> I knew he was going to get Lane one Johnson. per episode. Yeah, Lane Johnson. <laughs> with those three over there on that right side, they just got to get that left side. But Brandon Brooks is one of the best guards in the NFL. I had to show him some love for the Eagles. So, at number 14, I got A.A. Ron, man. Aaron Rodgers, man. Oh, Quarterback, okay. Green Bay Packers, okay. man. 4,002 yards. 26 total touchdowns. Man, with a first-year coach, I mean, the the Packers definitely almost went all the way to the Super Bowl, man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the backbone of this team, although he has some surprise talents in Aaron Jones and, you know, the Green Bay Packers defense playing lights out, man. I had Aaron Rodgers at number 14. Yeah, that defense was a lot better um, than than most people thought coming into the season. And Aaron Jones was welcome surprise. Did you see he made my list? Aaron Rodgers did not make my list. Uh, whoa, whoa, you know, well, hold up. You talk about hate me. What? Zero. The young goat, Aaron Rodgers, did not I make mean, your listen, list. I'm not going to give him. He's not going to make the list just because he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he had one of the best seasons of a quarterback. I but, mean, I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards, though, baby. Come on, bro. Hey, in a lot of categories, Jameis Winston did better than him. Well, he did lead the league in passing, but he also led <laughs> And he had 30 touchdowns. Ain't nobody talking yeah. about the interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. Aaron Rodgers? A-A-Ron? Come on. A-A-Ron ain't on my list. I'm going to get some hate for that, but I'm not as – I put a lot of pressure on my quarterbacks. I don't even got Carson Wentz on the list. Oh, I don't know. have Carson Wentz on the list either, so there no, we go. Hater, man. Hater, no, man. Hey, I respect Carson Wentz. Like, a lot of people say, hey, Dak Prescott is better than Carson Wentz. I'm like, no, I don't know about that. You know, Carson Wentz is that guy. I'm not going to disrespect him, but. Hey, I say Carson Wentz can make the Dak argument this season. He did a lot with a little. He didn't have a lot of yeah. weapons out there. So, but my number 14, man, DeAndre Hopkins, man. I don't, I, obviously, I value him a little bit more than the uh, Houston Texans who said they traded him because he wanted a, 
a hike in the $13 million that he was making and he wanted to be in the $18 million range, you know, where he should be. He's a top three receiver. So because he wanted to be valued like a top receiver, you traded him to the Cardinals for nothing. So whatever, I'm over that. Um, in 15 games, he had 104 receptions, 1,165 yards, seven touchdowns. He had 11 receptions per game. And that's being double teamed because half the time, Will Fuller couldn't stay healthy. So no running game and just, you know, Watson and Hopkins out there doing it on their own. So I respect what Hopkins did, do, did knowing that all the attention is on him every game. I think if the Houston Texans are subpar this year, that trade single-handedly is the one that gets Bill O'Brien the boot. He deserves to be fired for trading him for nothing and then coming back. And his explanation is because he wanted a raise from $13 million. He was making $7 million less than, uh, you know, uh, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. Why wouldn't he want to raise? I mean, he, it ain't like he was asking for something crazy. So, number 13. So, man, you said I don't give defender, defenders any love. Why am I saying defenders, man? That sounds so weird. <laughs> Must be the corona kicking in. The corona. The, the premium, not <laughs> the virus. You know, they're not paying us for that free advertisement. <laughs> so, I got Stephon Gilmore, man. Patriots yeah. cornerback led the league in picks this year. You know, I think um, the Patriots' defense overall was pretty good, man. You got the McCordys back there. You had Kyle Van Noy. But, uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore definitely benefited from that. Uh, you know, just definitely all around good, good player. So he's my number 13, man. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, we're close on that one. I got Stephen Gilmore at number 12. I mean, he's 12 and four. He was a shutdown uh, cornerback. He allowed 100 yard game to Devontae Barker in week 17. Completion percentage under 50% going to his side. Passer rating of 48. He still wasn't better than Richard Sherman, but that's neither here nor there. You know what I mean? Man, I'll tell you one thing, though. <laughs> Stephon Gilmore made Amari Cooper look terrible. Yeah he, yeah. he put Amari Cooper out the game, man. Well, he led the league in interceptions also, so I'm right there with you. Like I said, I got him at number 12. But my number 13 pick is Travis Kelce. Tight end, Ooh, man. Okay. 12 and 4, 97 receptions on 136 targets. He had 1,229 yards. Um, dude's TVs. a beast, man. So <laughs> I, had Tra- I had him a little higher than that. I had him at number nine. Yeah, man. Kelsey's a beast, man. Uh, he's a he's kind of a safety net, you know what I mean, for that underneath. Their running game, game isn't great. I mean, Damien can have some games, but a lot of times he's big for opening up that field for Tyreek Tyre Hill, Sammy Watkins, and some of those other receivers. He's just consistent, man. People take for granted what it means to have a consistent tight end that you can rely on. It's a godsend for young quarterbacks. And you see most young quarterbacks – their success is directly tied to how good their uh, tight end is long-term. So, number 12, man, I had uh, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks QB, man. 4,110 yards on the season, 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. Definitely Seahawks MVP, even though they act like they didn't want to pay him, man, but they would totally fall off the face of the earth if he left and went to another team. Uh, Definitely, man, you know, a player that you can build – your team around uh, the best player on the Seahawks by far, uh, Russell Wilson, man. Yeah, I got Russell Wilson. I I, I play the I pay the guy Russell Wilson a lot more respect than you do, obviously. So I ain't even gonna get into that. <laughs> man, whatever. Russell Wilson is definitely in my top ten. I mean, he carries teams on his back. Uh, Look, my man. 
Go ahead. <laughs> you roast you roasted my top ten, man. But it's gonna make a lot of sense once we get there. We almost there, so I'm gonna I'm let it let it play out. <laughs> As I said, my number twelve is um, Stephen Gilmore, just like yours, number thirteen. Let's go to my number eleven. My number eleven goes give it a lot of safety love. See, the reason why I give safeties love <laughs> is because I had two safeties. I had Brian Dawkins and I had Malcolm Jenkins. And when your defense does not have a quality safety. You will see that you will appreciate how much ground these safeties cover because your defense will look like trash. Cornerbacks that look like they can cover, can't. Running uh, running backs is just running all over your defense for 80-yard runs. So my number 11 is going to go to Anthony Harris, who's still a free agent at the moment. 10-6 for the Minnesota Vikings. He had six interceptions. He tied for the lead in interceptions with Stephen Gilmore. Uh, 41 uh, touchdown, 11 pass defended, 60 tackles. He was graded as a 91.1 as pro football talk uh, has him graded. Uh, great. <laughs> Man, he's great safety back there with Harrison Smith at Vikings defense before they just started throwing people in the garbage can saying you're not good enough to play with us was going to be a problem. I don't know if they're going to be as good next year because they lost damn near their whole defense and Anthony Harris hasn't even re-signed. I would have loved for the Eagles to go get a player like Anthony Harris. So my number 11 George Kittle, man. Yeah. Very instrumental into that uh in that for San Francisco 49ers offense. 85 receptions, 1053 yards, five touchdowns. Fellow WWE enthusiast, so I had to show him some love, but man, he's a uh, you know, one of the bright spots back when they were terrible. You know, George Kittle really emerged as a premier player. I think he really makes Jimmy Garoppolo look very good. And he's uh, one of those good weapons that he has. So, George Kittle was my number 11. All right. My number 10, um, got him a little lower than you had him, but we've already talked about him. Aaron Donald. I got Aaron Donald, number 10. You know what I'm saying? He's coming off one of the best seasons by any defender ever. Still came in with 80 total pressures. He led the next interior defender by 11. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, he still did his thing. 20 tackles for loss, 48 tackles, forced fumble. Two forced fumbles, two pass defended, 24 quarterback hits, a safety. Dude had a monster year. So I got him at number 10 on my list. All right, so number 10 on my list, man, is the last Dallas Cowboys. Zach Martin, man. Zero sacks allowed on the year. Pro bowler. Really a big part of that Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Now more so than ever because of the retirement of the center, Travis Frederick, man. So Zach Martin, uh, he was at my number 10. All right. My number nine is your guy. So, you remember I told you about the whole Deshaun Watson swap? I I prepared for Deshaun Watson. I even got my list right here, and it has Deshaun Watson marked out. And (laughs) I was fully prepared to put Deshaun Watson. I felt like, man, statistically, I can't justify putting Deshaun Watson over Dak Prescott. So, if only one of them get in, I got to put in Dak, man. Dak had 388 completions. 65% 65% completion rate, 4,902 yards, which was second only to Jameis, but he was far more efficient than Jameis. He threw 30 touchdowns and only 11 interceptions, as opposed to Jameis Winston throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Average 306.4 yards per game, third among quarterbacks. He had a 99.7 quarterback rating and 277 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Listen, I'm not going to be on here knocking Dak Prescott <laughs> because y'all have a terrible coach and y'all don't know how to use him. You don't, He don't use his legs enough. They depend on Zeke, and usually they don't have weapons 
and call the plays they need to for Dak. I'm not going to blame Dak. Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in the leagues. He's he's slowly getting better, and I have Dak on my list, number nine, deal with it. And, Jerry, y'all need to run the man his bag. Run Run him him his his coins. Run him (laughs) his coins. So that was your number nine? Yeah, that was my number nine. Okay, I had Travis Kelsey as my number nine. So Gotcha. All right, so number eight. Go ahead and jump into your number eight, man. My number eight, man. Y'all know Big Facts. One thing Big Facts ain't good at is just pronouncing names. You know what I mean? That is not my strong point. So it's basically the right right tackle for New Orleans, Ryan Ranzek or whatever. Yeah, I think so, that's right. I, hey, might have got it right on accident. Saints went 13-3, and three, and I ain't going to give Drew Brees credit because his name is Drew Brees and Pat Teddy Bridgewater on the back just because he came in and did a decent job. I'm going to give respect where respect is due. Neither one of them would have been able to do that without Ryan holding it down on the right side and being one of the best run-blocking tackles in the NFL. He allowed zero sacks all season and only 20 total pressures and 659 snaps. The dude was a beast, and to show he was a beast, when Alvin Kamara was out and Latavius Murray came in against Arizona and Chicago and they really leaned on the run, it was Latavius Murray running for 102 yards on 21 attempts and 119 yards and two touchdowns. That offensive line was legit, and it was a lot due to one of the best run-blocking tackles in the NFL. They run a lot of those plays to that right side, so I'm going to give him his respect. He was number eight on my list. All right, so number eight on my list was uh, Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. Oh, disrespect. The, disrespect? He's <laughs> in the top ten. That's a disrespect, man. 1,387 total yards on the season, man. 15 TDs. Single-handedly ran Cam Newton out of town, man. You know, the Carolina Panthers have bet the farm on Christian McCaffrey, and he is going to be their cornerstone moving forward now that Cam Newton is Splitsville. I think that really you put him with Teddy Bridgewater next year, man, that offense has the potential to be explosive. You know, maybe if they invest some more weapons to go within the offense, you know, sharpen up the defense. I think that they have the potential, man, to do something really good. But Christian McCaffrey, man, I think, you know, in a few years here, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I mean, if they would have did better this year, if they had anything in quarterback, he would have been, in my opinion. Um, number seven, who also should have been in the MVP conversation, another running back, Derrick Henry. What number seven? I number had him at seven. number three. No, I, I had King yeah. Henry at number three. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would, man. Derrick Henry was a beast. I'm gonna give it to him. They went nine and seven with the Titans. Uh, he had 321 total touches, but did most of it on the ground. 303 attempts. 1,540 yards, 16 touchdowns, 16 rushing touchdowns, 18s total. Fourth in the the NFL in uh, total yards. I mean, the dude is a beast. His whole offense runs through Derrick Henry. I mean, the things that that dude does on a regular basis, I think he set out the last two or three games. So he won the rushing title and didn't even play like three games. So justify putting him at three. You know what I mean? Just because what he does, he carries that offense on his back. You hadn't seen a running back like this in – Shit, years. I mean, like decades that can just put the team on his back and pound it like this. I mean, I I definitely had him at number three because I think I I really struggled to – I almost put him at number one overall, man. I mean, he was single-handedly responsible for uh, the Tennessee Titans really making that big playoff push. He was also single-handedly responsible for uh, Ryan Tannehill getting that big payday because he all did that off the work, off the back of uh, King – Henry, I can't even call him Derrick Henry, man. Got to call King him Henry. King Henry, man. 
So uh, definitely his yards at the contact is wild too. Yep, I think he had what uh, he averaged what five point one yards per carry, man. Yeah. And so I mean, it's just a monster, man, a definite monster. Uh, I had him at my number three. Uh, so my number seven, you had that. He was at your number seven, right? Or was he at number eight? Seven. Okay, so my number seven was Julio Jones. Yeah. So Atlanta's Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones, 1,394 yards, 99 receptions, and six TDs. I mean, he's definitely, you know, one of the best receivers, if not the very best receiver in the league. He's worth every penny to that team because there's not really a lot of talent down there in Atlanta, but Julio is one uh, bright spot in that offense. And I know I've used the word term bright spot a lot tonight, <laughs> but uh, Julio Jones is definitely one through and through. So I yeah, think I'm probably going to get knocked because I don't got Julio on my list and I put DeAndre Hopkins on there. There's a simple reason because of that is because Julio had a great season, but that team was going nowhere fast. A lot of it is because they were down a lot and they had to throw it. So I think Hopkins was more impactful on the season, even though Julio had more yards. So that's my justification of having Hop over uh, Julio. But one of the big deal receivers is my, my number six, the highest paid receiver in the league. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. They went 13-3. and three. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say we're close on that one because I had Michael Thomas at number four. Okay. Yeah, Michael Thomas was an absolute monster. 185 targets, 149 receptions, 1,725 yards just in receiving. Most players that have that is like rushing and receiving. He had that just catching the ball 11.6 receptions a game nine touchdowns he averaged 107 yards a game that's fifth in yards from scrimmage dude this dude had 45 more receptions than julio who was third and he had 33 more receptions than christian mccaffrey 28 more targets than julio 331 more yards than julio this dude's season this year was absolutely crazy he got that huge contract and was the highest paid receiver. He went out this year and proved it. So much respect to Michael Thompson. That dude is a monster. Yep, he's at my number four, man. So I agree with everything you just said. And uh, that's why I had him a little bit higher. Just because, man, he is, in my mind, you know, hey, what was his uh, IG handle? Can't guard Mike? You really can't <laughs> you guard can't, Mike, you can't. man. You really can't. Uh, my number six, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defender Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Oh, yeah. Crazy and sucks. Sack leader, 19 and a half sacks this year, man. Uh, just got a huge contract to stay with the team and anchor that defense, man. Uh, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, that Tampa Bay defense is good, too. They're going to be really good. Yeah. Don't let that offense fool you. That defense, that they did that in the midst of Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions. And it's not counting his fumbles. You know, the crazy <laughs> part about it, man, even though Tampa Bay did not make the playoffs, they were never really out of a lot of games, man. I mean, if Jameis Winston really didn't have erratic play, you know, they are a playoff team, man. They're a very good team if, you know, Jameis Winston just gets his struggles under control. And I think, you know, that defense will do a lot of good work with Bruce Arians, man. And I really see why that a, a lot of people really have them as being front runners to win the NFC South now, you know, with the addition of a Tom Brady and then with a Shaq Barrett holding the defense down like he does. Yeah, they just need a running game. They need to go out there and get them a running back that can run the ball. I think that's the only thing that's going to hurt them. At least go get a passing back like Tariq Cohen. Go get somebody like that that could be a James White for Tom Brady. I think that'll be good for them. That's the only thing that I can see that they're missing in that offense. My number five statistically 
may not deserve to be this high at number five. But if you watch San Francisco games, he does a lot of intangible things. Not only do I mean run blocking, but just energizing that team if you put him on his back. And I got George Kittle. George Kittle is a monster as a tight end. But statistically, he probably didn't have a better season than Kels. But the the problem, the difference is that dude like loves pancaking defenders. So he's out there blocking for that that running that running backs, those running backs, which that team is all about either the running backs running the ball or him making a touch cap, tough catch over the middle. So I just respect what George Kittle did. He had a PF grade of ninety five. But like I said, a lot of what he does, even though he had 107 targets, I mean 107 targets, 85 receptions, a thousand yards, five touchdowns, that still doesn't like show you what he does for that San Francisco team. You know what I mean? No, I agree, man. In fact, looking back at it, I think I might have had him a little too, a little too high. I had him at number 11. Uh, so my number five, man, one of the best premier linebackers in the league, Seattle Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner, man. Yeah, 86 Bobby solo is. tackles, three sacks, one interception, and one forced fumble, man. I mean, he really came into his own after the Legion of Boom was disbanded. And a lot of people, including myself at the time, thought, man, there's no way that this defense could still be good as they are. But Bobby Wagner's the he's a one man wrecking crew on that team, man, and that's the reason I think that, that defense is still something to be feared in the NFL. Yeah, man, I gave you a lot of shit about your list, and you just saying that made me realize I don't have a single linebacker on my list. See, <laughs> told you, man, linebacker on my list. Bobby Wagner should have definitely made it over at least Cameron Hayward. So that's my bad. I missed linebackers. I don't have any linebackers. See, I told you, list. man, my top ten alone will make up for the rest of my list, man. I mean, it's just like, well, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, man, my top ten can't be denied. So yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Going to my your number, number five. Uh, I gave him my number five. My number four is somebody you already mentioned. He's just a lot higher on my list, and that's Russell Wilson. Eleven and five. I think almost all of that is on the back of Russell Wilson just carrying that team. I mean, they had a young DK Metcalf, a rookie out there, wide receiver. Will Disley was good for a little bit before he got hurt. Um, Tyler Lockett would show himself every now and again. Chris Carson, you know, he did a he had a good job. You know, I think he was third or fourth in rushing. But that team goes how Russell Wilson goes. I mean, he's like. He, he accounts for like 80% of their offense, some years 90% of their offense. I remember they used to say that this team is winning in spite of Russell Wilson. Now they only win because Russell Wilson literally puts them on his back and he drives them down the field. Some of the shit that he does is epic. Like that game against the San Francisco uh, 49ers, that Monday night football game when the 49ers were undefeated and Russell Wilson just kind of put them on his back. He's kind of getting that Tom Brady mystique where if it's the final drive, you just know what he's going to do. He's going to get him in scoring position if he doesn't score a touchdown. I, I love Russell Wilson, man. Uh, I got him at number four. Yep. So I uh, so we already went over my number four and number three. So I had Michael Thomas at number four, and then I had Derrick Henry at number three. Yes, and my number three is going to be Christian McCaffrey, a little bit higher than you had him. But um, you did say he had 1,300 yards. But I'm just looking at the fact the dude had 142 targets, 116 receptions. He went 1,000 yards receiving, 1,300 yards rushing, totaled 19 touchdowns. He had 2,392 total yards. Of course, the team went 5-11, and 11, but he literally had me throwing the quarterback back there sometimes, and he still was getting 200 yards a game. So let's go to uh, number two. 
So I, I got a feeling that our number two and number one will either be the same or they'll be flip-flop. But my number two, man, was Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl yeah. MVP. 4,031 yards, 26 touchdowns against five interceptions with a total QBR of 105.3. You know, I think that Patrick Mahomes is another one of those quarterbacks that is in the Russell Wilson mode. The team goes because he goes, man. I mean, you've really seen each year that Patrick Mahomes has had the helm of the offense, man. The team gets better and better. I know that he played a little bit from behind in the Super Bowl. Me personally, I just think that he had a bad case of the nerves. But once he turned it on, man, really once Damian Williams turned it on, Patrick Mahomes turned it on, and he didn't let up ever since, man. I mean, he, he just had an amazing season. Will the Kansas City Chiefs for their first Super Bowl in 50 years, Patrick Mahomes is my number two. Yeah, no, I mean, really, that's, that's why Patrick Mahomes is my number one. I flipped him because statistically, Lamar Jackson had a better season, but at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes led his team to the ultimate prize, and Lamar Jackson disappointed in the biggest moment of the playoffs. So I have to put Patrick Mahomes at number one, and I got Lamar Jackson. You went in on Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. So statistically, Lamar Jackson probably was the most dominant best player in the NFL. Well, he was because he was the NFL MVP. That's why he's my number one. He's the NFL MVP. I mean, it's kind of hard to count against that. Did he did he win a Super Bowl? No, he did not. But I think he, he will win. Did he have one. a comeback when he was down 21-0 and put the team on his back and scored like 50 straight points? Okay, was that because of Patrick Mahomes or just because the Houston Texans were inept? Because Patrick Mahomes is a monster. Did he go in the San Lamar Francisco? Lamar Jackson is a monster. Come yeah, on, but he, he didn't do it in the biggest games. I'm talking about playoff games. Patrick Mahomes took over when they were down 21-0. He went in, and he, he he was the underdog. He had a terrible game against San Francisco. He was able to turn it around in the second half. He made one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history that was probably is going to be top 10, that, that Hail Mary to Tyreek Hills. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, let, let's not get off on that. Bro, you you that calling later. me a hater, bro. I mean, I know Lamar <laughs> Jackson only passed for a little bit over 3,100 yards, man. But had 36 TDs, man. Passing 43 touchdowns. Total. 1,200 yeah, rushing yards. 76 rushing. Yep. Seven rushing touchdowns. 36 passing touchdowns. Only six interceptions with a total QBR of 113.3, man. And you got him as number two. He was the NFL MVP. Second in total MVP. yards. Second in yards per game. First in rushing yards. And he beat Debo. He's still number two on my league. Man. On my list. Man, he didn't, he didn't go to the Super Bowl. He didn't go to the Super Bowl. He didn't make the biggest performances in the biggest game of the year. He didn't bring his team. From, hey, look, playoffs got to matter. Lamar has all the regular season stats. He's the Phoenix look, Suns. Man, look, he's the I'm, Phoenix Suns. I'm not, not going to call Lamar Jackson the second coming to Michael Vick because he's the first coming to Lamar Jackson, man. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Man, you know, Florida Cat. I mean, nice. come on, man. Florida Dope. Cat. Hey, but when the, hey, when the pressure got on him, though, and the Tennessee put them goons on him, what'd he do? Man, it wasn't just him. It was the whole <laughs> team. But you know what? There, sky is the limit for Lamar Jackson, man. There's nowhere to go but up. Nowhere yeah. to go but up. No hate. I mean, we got him number one and two on the list. Like I said, I just put a little bit more weight on what Patrick Mahomes did in the playoffs. Even though Patrick Mahomes didn't have his best season, is a drop-off from his 2018 season. Um, statistically, it might not have been up there with some of the top quarterbacks, but when you see what he did when he was in the game and what he did in the playoffs, I got to give Patrick Mahomes the respect and give he got the ultimate prize, man. Super Bowl MVP, he got a Super Bowl trophy. 
He led his team. He had the final drive. Everything that you want to do as a quarterback in the NFL, he completed this right. year. I, I just thought Damian Williams should have been a Super Bowl MVP, man. I mean, his, he, his play really turned the corner with that, but, you know, that's neither here nor there, man. But, uh, you know, I think uh, that's a pretty solid list, man. I mean, I think, in my opinion, these were the best top 25 players of 2019. Uh, you know, one and two – you know, we could argue about that one all day, man. But I think we hit the mark with those as the two top players of this league this year, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like I said, I, I messed up. But Bobby Wagner should have been on my list. I should have at least had one linebacker. Maybe yeah. Roquan Smith or somebody, you know. You know, I should have gave the secondary a little more love. Should have gave the offensive line a little bit more love. Uh, I kind of, I think, man, it's just, we just lean to be really quarterback heavy. Because, yeah. you know, quarterbacks are... You know, usually, you know, the field generals, some of the smartest guys on the on the field. I don't know if you want to throw Jameis Winston into that category. Hey, he but, had 30 touchdowns. He led the league in receiving. But, but you know what, I mean, man? passing. I know I said this on, uh, it was either the first or second episode, man, somewhere available in the archives. I think if you put Jameis Winston in the right system, man, I could see Jameis Winston making an epic comeback. And hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers pick Jameis Winston up. I think that'd be the right system for him. Oh, you're definitely because Jameis. I don't think Jameis is totally destroyed. I just think he's still trying to live up to being the number one pick, still trying to live down, you know, being a five star great recruit. You know what I mean? He needs to be humbled a little bit. I think he can make a Ryan Tannehill type transition if you put him in a system. Another team that I would like to see uh, him with, uh, just because of the running game and Leonard Fournette, I'd like to see him in Jacksonville with that defense and the way that Leonard Fournette runs the ball. Even as reckless as Jameis Winston is, he still has that arm where you have to respect those receivers going deep with D.D. Westbrook, D, um, D.J. Shark, Keenan Cole. They have some receivers that can make him look good, and then you can settle him down by running the ball. Man, so I hold up. How, how are you just going to disrespect my number 25, Gardner Mishu, like that, man? Because he didn't deserve to be 25. He wasn't that damn great. He yeah. is great based on expectations of where he was picked. But he wasn't that damn awesome. So, <laughs> I so would have just gave up on Nick Foles. Hey, that hey so so he was, he was great, but he wasn't on the big facts read scale nah. of greatness. Okay, nah, nah, he Come was more. On, nah, he was he was alright. He was alright for a right. rookie. He was hey, man, for a rookie. <laughs> when little Duval hype you, man, you're doing something right, man. But uh, man, he a Jaguars fan. <laughs> But anyway, man, that's going to do it, man, for this episode of Fumble Rooski, man. Uh, you got anything else you want to add before we before we head out? Nah, man, just as always, go to the network. Check out uh, www, number two, Smart Network. Um, you go to that website, you can find all our contact information, our previous shows, our upcoming shows. Uh, we'll also be updating this list on the blog. So you'll be able to just look at the list um, and really pick apart how dumb we are and why we've left this player off in case we went too fast or skipped over. Um, you'll just check us on the blog section, man. Yeah, I'm sure Marcus is going to hate on it anyway, man. <laughs> so, well, wait, he doesn't watch football, so hey, whatever. Well, you don't got no Raiders <laughs> on there, so that's already a problem. Uh, well, the Raiders should be an XFL team. No, I'm not going to disrespect one and of the cornerstone Khalil- franchises. And you didn't put Khalil Mack on there, so he's uh, definitely going to be mad. Yeah, you didn't put Khalil back on there either, good sir. But, uh, you know. Hey, he, I've already said no I idea. fucked up and I didn't put no line. Oh, I know I did. I know <laughs> I messed up by not having Khalil Mack on there. Like, one of the best players on the – well, really the best player on the Chicago Bears team. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there, man. Uh, definitely, we'll have some great content coming from you guys, man. You know, uh, 
life kind of got in the way this week, but we are still working on new episodes of The Sexy Suburban Dad, so be on the lookout for that. When the smoke clears, uh, definitely the two smart dummies, man. And so, you know, just go to the network, show some love, and then follow everyone on the respective social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff where you can find it right there at www.twosmartnetwork.com. For Big Facts, read. I'm KP. Later. Peace.